Hey everyone, this is Joe Turner, host of the City Manager Unfiltered Podcast, a podcast for city managers and other public sector executives, and I'm coming at you from the Florida panhandle, and I gotta tell you, I'm not in Kansas anymore. Oh boy, it's a little different out here, it's an adjustment, and uh, it's going to take some getting used to, that's for sure, but I will tell you, I'm very excited to be out here, Uh, the people are amazing, Uh, I've just been welcomed very warmly by the people I work with, and I'm very excited about the opportunity before me. And this next chapter of my personal and professional journey, I've been a little bit tight-lipped about this uh, development, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit more detail in a future episode, uh, and I will share more details about this uh, new journey for me, this new opportunity. But be that as it may, I'm excited. It's uh, really fun to be out here and have a fresh start in a, a larger organization and uh, taking on some exciting challenges. Frankly, it's a little surreal to work in an environment or enter a new organization when you know that the people you work with uh, know about you ahead of time. They know about your podcast or they've seen your LinkedIn page. Uh, I can see when I do my profile views who's viewed my profile. And so I know that many individuals that uh, work with me have looked at my profile. So one of the drawbacks of having a podcast and having an online presence the way I do is that people you work with may draw impressions or have perceptions of you before they ever get a chance to meet you, right? That's something I need to be cognizant of and and something that, frankly, um, you don't really think about much when you're starting a podcast until the day arrives and you're switching organizations. Uh, But that is a unique challenge uh, that I'm facing in this uh, opportunity that I've never faced before. You may notice that the sound in this recording is a little bit off. That's because I'm living like a Spartan, like a bachelor uh, in this house. It's uh, very bare. All I have is my core essentials, a mattress, and some clothes. So I'm living like a college uh, bachelor back in the day, and I don't have anything to tamp down the noise. And that's also one of the reasons why my voice might be a little muted. Uh, The louder I talk, the more it echoes, and I'm trying to minimize that. So I apologize in advance, but that's what I'm going through for uh, the time being. In this episode, we're going to talk about the city of Hutchinson in Kansas. They're recruiting a city manager and they're using Baker Tilly. And frankly, Baker Tilly isn't doing so hot. What prompted this episode was a report that I received from a source that attended the League of Kansas Municipalities Conference a couple of weeks ago. And the chatter going around the conference was that the city of Hutchinson governing body is confused about the lack of quality candidates they've received for the recruitment. There's some consternation and some confusion and questions about why they're not getting better candidates. And so I wanted to delve into that discussion in a little bit more detail here for this podcast and kind of um, unpack it a little bit. But before we get into that conversation, I would like to take care of some housekeeping. Uh, Next week, I will be doing a podcast episode uh, with Sarah McGuffin. It will be the first female uh, city manager that I've uh, interviewed for the podcast. I'm really excited about that. She is the town manager for the town of Amherst, Virginia, and she is just an absolute ball of energy. Uh, She's incredibly bubbly, just very personable. I had a blast interviewing her. And one of the reasons why I think you're going to really enjoy this podcast episode is not only does she have an amazing personal story, I mean, she's overcome an incredibly traumatic uh, personal situation, uh, but she also has an excellent governing body that has supported her and been by her side as she's navigated this uncharted territory. Okay, I spent a lot of time on LinkedIn and this podcast criticizing governing bodies, council members, mayors for how they abuse and mistreat their city managers. Right? How unprofessional they are for for violating the law when it comes to open meeting laws and so forth and so on. 
And so I spent a lot of time criticizing these uh, local elected officials for being abusive and unprofessional towards city managers. I think it's only right and fair that we spotlight a governing body that has stepped up and exhibit absolute class and modeled behavior that we want to encourage in other governing bodies, right? So uh, stay tuned for that podcast episode coming next week with Sarah McGuffin, uh, Amherst, Virginia town manager. And then also I spoke to Daniel Rosemont last week. Uh, I want to give you a little update on his story. If you recall, I interviewed him in a three-part series for the podcast, uh, The uh, Death of the Public Servant, uh, Revenge of the Public Servant, and Betrayal of the Public Servant. And according to him, this week, October 15th, was the last day for the city of Hallandale Beach to respond to a, a court action or whatnot. So I, I presumably they've responded, and now it's going to go before the judge who's going to review the different arguments from both sides. And uh, hopefully, we don't know when this is going to happen, but hopefully there will be uh, a verdict or a decision made on the appeal in the not-too-distant future. My understanding in talking with Daniel Rosemont is that uh, basically it's in the judge's hands now and that the judges will, the judge will decide or judges, forgive my ignorance, I'm not sure if it's a panel of judges or one particular judge who reviews the case. And hopefully this is go, uh, marching to a final conclusion so that uh, Daniel can put it behind him and move on with the rest of his life. And hopefully he's victorious, right? Uh, if you want to go back and listen to Betrayal, the Public Servant, you'll be shocked to learn that not only is the Florida League of Cities uh, siding with Hallandale Beach and opposing a city manager who was wrongfully terminated, uh, but you'll, you'll find out that the ICMA, the Florida City County Management Association, they ghosted him, didn't respond, didn't help him at all, and abandoned a city manager, uh, and it's pretty shocking. So uh, don't, don't take my words for it. Go listen to Daniel Rosemont in his own words. He shares exactly what happens in a play-by-play in that third and uh, final episode of the, of the series called Betrayal of the Public Servant. Additionally, uh, my buddy Micah Gaudet, as you know, he put together the first and only ChatGPT AI course for public sector professionals. He has a course called Unlocking ChatGPT for the Public Sector. You can find him at civicinnovation.ai. That's civicinnovation.ai. I'm excited to announce that he's being booked for uh, speaking engagements all across the country. The uh, Georgia City County Management Association has invited him out to speak uh, next week, our October 26th, I believe, uh, for their conference. And uh, he's just you know, doing a bang up job. I'm, I'm blown away by the fact that he's blowing up. I mean, he's just absolutely killing it. And uh, he's in high demand. So if you want to get him on your speaking calendar, uh, reach out to him uh, ASAP. You know, we talked before about his course and maybe setting up a group deal, a group discount for those cities that want to buy multiple courses for their employees. I'm happy to report that he has done that. He's doing group discounts of 20% if an organization buys five to nine courses. And if you want to enroll 10 or more employees into the course, you can get a 30% discount across all the purchases. So uh, it's incredible. In addition to the group discount, whether it's 20% or 30%, depending on the number of of, uh, employees you enroll in the program, he's also offering a one-hour Zoom meeting to discuss AI and answer any questions related to the course uh, for that community. I do know in talking with uh, Micah, that Waco, Texas, uh, I believe it was the first city in Texas to purchase the uh, course. The city of Austin is on board. Little Elm, Texas is on board. Rehoboth Beach, Delaware is on board. Uh, Liberty Lake, Washington is on board. If you're a city or county manager listening to this podcast, you should be running to your computer 
running to civicinnovation.ai to purchase a group discount and put your employees into this program. ChatGPT AI is literally cutting edge technology and to provide your employees with that training, I mean, I can't even, how do you put a dollar value on the efficiency and benefits that come with uh, training up your staff? I mean, it's a no brainer. I mean, when I think about all the fluffy crap that local governments send employees to for so-called training or for conferences or for gatherings or what have you, and you have the opportunity to spend 350 to 400 bucks a person, depending on the group discount, to put your employees into chat GPT, you're gonna get real world immediate benefits to your organization. And on top of that, you can put on your resume as a city or county manager that you are at the forefront of technological innovation, right? That you are training up your employees, that you're giving them access to the tools and resources to help make government more efficient, more effective, more accountable. I mean, it's an absolute no brainer. I don't know. I don't know what you're waiting for. So go to civicinnovation.ai. That's civicinnovation.ai. Reach out to Micah Gaudet. Tell him Joe Turner sent you. All right, now let's talk about the city of Hutchinson, the city manager recruitment, and Baker Tilly, who's conducting the recruitment. You know, I got to put all my cards out on the table. This is a little bit of a delicate topic, and I've kind of avoided talking about Hutchinson in the past until recently. And that's because I not only do I know the three most recent city managers who served the city of Hutchinson, I know multiple members of the governing body have good relationships with them, genuinely like them and think they're good people. And I also know various individuals who either work for the city of Hutchinson or are part of stakeholder groups that are affiliated with the city of Hutchinson and so forth and so on. On top of that, I used to work for South Hutchinson. We were literally right across the, uh, the river, next door neighbors. And then one other component of this is I applied for the city manager vacancy last year. Uh, at this time and lost out uh, and I didn't just lose I got obliterated I didn't even sniff an interview and that's okay I was uh, I was punching above my weight I wasn't surprised by that you know I was working for a small town of 2,500 people with a seven million dollar budget and here I was applying to be the city manager for the city of Hutchinson which has 40,000 people and a budget of about a hundred million it was uh, definitely a huge step up I was swinging for the fences as my buddy Brandon Dross always says shoot your shot I shot my shot and I came up a giant, massive air ball, massive air ball. So uh, I share that with you, the audience, because I want to be transparent and you can use that to determine whether or not you think I'm being sour grapes with respect to Baker Tilly or anything like that. All right. So I put all my cards on the table with respect to the city of Hutchinson and Baker Tilly. I have not spoken ill of the city of Hutchinson. I've not publicly criticized the governing body or anything like that with respect to the city of Hutchinson. I have sort of taken a hands-off approach because like I said, it's a little close to home and I have relationships with people on all different aspects of the community and I've just been trying to keep my distance, okay? On top of that, I want the city of Hutchinson to succeed. I, I don't want them to not succeed. Uh, I think there's a lot of great people there, like I said. So I have avoided talking about the issue. So the fact that they are not getting a good group of solid candidates to be their city manager obviously has nothing to do with me. And I want to talk about why I think that they are having trouble. And I'm going to tell you the number one reason why I think they're having trouble is Baker Tilly. Baker Tilly has a terrible reputation. I've had individuals tell me, um, so get, let's talk about the League of Kansas Municipalities. They recently went through a recruitment to hire an executive director to lead the organization. I have been told that they were that when it came to uh, hiring a recruiter to conduct that executive recruitment, they were going to hire anybody but Baker Tilly. Baker Tilly was never even going to be considered, okay? Baker Tilly has a reputation for having recruiters that are lazy, that do not communicate with their candidates, that are not engaged, poor quality work, 
that that's the reality. Okay. I've, I've posted screenshots on my LinkedIn. I could go on and on and on about the critical comments I've received from city manager candidates with respect to Baker Tilly. Everyone knows I've been beating the drum on Baker Tilly. I've talked about the Canfield, Ohio recruitment, how they screwed over the city manager candidate there by doing a bait and switch and introducing a computerized voice stress analysis test, a so-called lie detector test, how that city manager candidate got dragged through the local media and had their reputation damaged. Uh, Baker Tilly was in on the, on the loop on that. They knew what was going on and they allowed it to happen. Uh, I've talked before about how there's former Baker Tilly employees who are going around on, on social media message boards talking about how uh, consultants are being fired if they don't pad their stats, pad their hours, uh, essentially suggesting that Baker Tilly consultants are bilking and stealing from the local governments across the country or private sector clients. They do private sector work as well. Baker Tilly just has a terrible reputation. I've had so many city managers tell me that they won't even apply to a Baker Tilly recruitment because they don't want to go through the process because they have horrible communication. I've had individuals who applied for the city of Hutchinson vacancies, uh, the, this one and the first one that I applied in, communicate to me how dissatisfied and unhappy they are with Art Davis and the lack of communication, how there's no feedback. These candidates told me that the communication with Art Davis was terrible or that he didn't respond at all or that when he did respond, it was multiple days after the fact. The reality is, is that people are fed up with Baker Tilly and I'm going to take some credit for that. I'm the one that's been out there in front leading the charge, criticizing Baker Tilly. I've been beating that drum. And I know it's having an impact. I know it's costing them. I know people are learning more about Baker Tilly and, and their shenanigans. And we're going to get into that a little bit more on, on this podcast with respect to Baker Tilly in the city of Hutchinson because they're hiding a dirty little secret that they haven't shared with any of the candidates. And I, and I want to talk more about that. But the reality is, is that Baker Tilly has a horrible reputation with the candidates. And so if candidates are not applying for the job, obviously that's going to hurt the candidate pool. On top of that, I've talked to governing body members who have expressed dissatisfaction and displeasure with Baker Tilly's performance when it comes to recruitments. I'm not going to get into the names. I'm not at liberty to talk about what cities and, and what governing body members are. But obviously I have a large platform. People reach out to me. They talk to me. So I hear things. I can tell you that from my personal experience, uh, Art Davis, um, I had minimal experience because I got blown out of the water, like I said, and I've only gone through one Art Davis recruitment. Uh, I will tell you that the when I went through the city manager recruitment for Hutchison a year ago, that the brochure that they used had a picture that was upside down. I'm like, how are we not catching this? How are we? Where's the quality control? Where's the pride in our work product? How is it that a, a picture in a brochure, it's only like six pages long or whatever, how does that get missed? Uh, it just goes to show you that uh, I think a lot of these recruiters are sloppy, they're lazy, they're fat, dumb, and happy because they get to basically send out some emails to their email list, post the job uh, announcement on these job boards, and then they wait for the applications to come in. And I'm not, I'm not convinced that Baker Tilly does really any proactive outreach to candidates. Maybe, maybe uh, the governing body for the city of Hutchinson should ask their recruiter, Art Davis, who's he actually reaching out to? Is he dialing for dollars? Is he actually calling uh, uh, candidates who are currently employed and have a track record of success and asking them to apply for the position? Uh, or is he just waiting for applicants to submit their resume through their platform because they post a job announcement on ICMA's website or on the other multitude of job boards? I mean, really, you think for $25,000, what do these recruiters really do? I don't know. I think some do a good job. I can tell you I've been contacted by some recruiters. I had a recruiter for SGR, that's Lynn Barboza, 
she contacted me and asked me to apply for a position one time. Uh, so I know there's some recruiters that do it. I've never been contacted by a Baker Tilly a recruiter. Um, I don't expect to ever be contacted by a Baker Tilly recruiter in the future. And here's the thing. Baker Tilly does the bare minimum on their first go around. So you think they're actually going to put in more effort when they have to redo the same recruitment for a community because the previous city manager lasted less than a year and they're contractually bound to do it for free? Do you think they're, Do you think Art Davis is really pounding the pavement? Do you think uh, Baker Tilly recruiters are really pounding the pavement on the second go around uh, because the first one didn't work out? They don't want to work for free, right? <laughs> They don't want to work for $25,000. You think they want to work for free? <laughs> so you know they're probably mailing it in. I mean, what else, could, what else could it be? I received this message from a public sector executive. This person writes, Art Davis. The guy is a used car salesman. I've known him for almost 15 years now, and I would never work with him. He will say anything to get a sale and secure his commission. Now listen, that's one person, one comment. I don't know. But you guys tell me, <laughs> I don't I don't see a lot of people out there standing up for Baker Tilly saying, yeah, they do a great job. There's not a lot of people out there saying, you know what? I can't wait to go through a Baker Tilly recruitment again. I can't wait to get ghosted. I can't wait to send an email and not get a response. I can't wait to send an email and get a response three days later. I can't wait to apply for a position with Baker Tilly and then find out in the newspaper that I didn't get the job. I can't wait to apply for a job with Baker Tilly and then get an email three weeks after the job's been filled telling me I didn't get it. I mean, nobody's nobody's excited to work with Baker Tilly. The only reason why people are applying for Baker Tilly jobs is because, hey, they're the recruiter and it's the only game in town and that's the only way it works. But it, I'm telling you, you governing bodies out there, your HR departments, you need to start doing more research in these recruiters. You need to start asking around and finding out what the reputation is because Many city managers are not applying for these positions when they're being done by certain recruiters. And Baker Tilly's at the top of the no-fly list for a lot of these city manager candidates, okay? I, I kid you not, I've literally had candidates who applied for the Hutchinson job write me and say, I can't get a response back from Art Davis. I mean, I mean, I mean listen... I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, Art Davis and Baker Tilly is the only reason that Hutchinson is having a problem finding candidates, but it's the main reason. I, I truly believe that. Okay. Now, there are other issues at play we can get into. The market's incredibly challenging right now for all cities uh, in the grand scheme of things because if you're a city manager somewhere and you want to relocate, odds are you're going to have to sell a house where you have interest rates at 3% or so. You might even be down in the twos, right? And in order to sell, and buy, now you're going to get a mortgage with a 7.5% mortgage rate. That's a big jump. That's a big change. I mean, never mind the actual cost of selling, right? 6% of your on your realtor fees with respect to selling a home. So if you got a $400,000 home and you got to sell it, it's going to cost you twenty five grand just to move. Boom. If you are a, an elite city manager and you're in a good gig, it's going to take a lot to move to another community, right? Think about what it's going to take to attract that candidate to apply for your position. The reality is, is that a lot of cities out there have a lot of question marks. And so candidates are not applying for them. But, you know, tro you take Trophy Club uh, Texas. That job was paying, like, I think they're like a 17,000 population in the Dallas metro area. They're paying something like $225,000 a year. And you know what? They had 70 applicants. They had 70 plus applicants. And they just got a city manager. I forget his name. He's in DeSoto, Texas. I Forgive me. 
but he, I think DeSoto is like 50 some thousand people and they got a manager with an experience in a large community who wants to come to their, to, to their town and run it because what? They have great pay and they're in a great area and they're desirable. You know, if you are a town and you have some question marks about you and, and to be frank and to be fair, Hutchinson has some question marks. Hutchinson is not as attractive today as it was a year ago. And so I can't place all the blame on Baker Tilly. I think I think Hutchinson has to look in the mirror and say, hey, what can we do or what have we done to shoot ourselves in the foot? And I'll give you some examples of things that have happened uh, that have made the job less desirable. You know, I've jokingly uh, chatted with some some people I know that I'm acquainted with about the city of Hutchinson, and I call it IV Kansas because the I stands for interim and the V stands for vacant. And if you look at Hutchinson right now, they have so many interim positions and so many vacancies, it's tough. It's a very challenging environment right now. It takes a special, unique city manager to come into an organization that is kind of gone into disarray over the last year and want to take up that challenge. You know, that's one of the reasons why the city of Hutchinson uh, has attracted me. And I thought about applying it for the second go round is because I have this large audience, right? I have a large platform with my podcast and my LinkedIn uh, connections and so forth and so on. I have nearly, you know, 9,000 followers at this point. And I was intrigued by the idea of being able to tap into my network on LinkedIn and the podcast and see who would want to come work with me, right? I, I felt like with all the vacancies that the city of Hutchinson had, I had the potential competitive advantage of being able to fill them by uh, attracting talent from across the country that'd be interested in working with me. And I thought that was a pretty sexy, exciting proposition because I like challenges. You know, I don't, I don't want to go to a community that's, uh, you know, on autopilot and you're just putting your feet on the desk and you're just, you know, flying at 30,000 feet, uh, making sure that the plane isn't flying on the ground. I mean, I want to get the plane off the runway and ascending and achieving new heights. And so I was really intrigued by that, that proposition. But the reality is, is that Hutchison over the last year plus has really had has really had an increase in the vacancies and the turnover. And, you know, there's a lot of challenges that go with that. There's not a lot of city managers that want to. I don't think there's a lot of really high quality city managers out there that are in really good situations that say, you know what? I really want to leave my current community where I'm making really good pay and everything's going pretty good to go take on this challenge. And I think that's something that Hutchinson needs to be aware of. You know, then you got to look at the uh, the turnover in the city manager position, right? You had John Deardoff, who was there for, I think, 17 years or so. I might be mistaken on that. He retired uh, about three years ago, four years ago now, maybe at this point. Then they hired Jeff Cantrell, who came in. He served there for two years, and he was on a, a one-year contract that got renewed uh, for once. And then they, uh, they decided not to renew his contract. So he didn't get fired, but they just decided not to renew his contract. And so he only lasted two years. And then you throw in the uh, fact that uh, Kendall Francis, who was hired in January, he gets fired with cause after five months. And I know there's some backstory again. I'm not going to get into the details on that because I think I might get uh, Kendall Francis on the podcast to talk about his situation. So I'm not going to speculate about that now. But, you know, when you have that kind of turnover in a short period of time, and then you also have some turnover on the council over the last couple of years, you know, it, it, it sends up some red flags. And and you're not going to really be able to attract high quality candidates unless they're really attracted to some of the challenges that the city of Hutchinson presents. Let's talk compensation. I believe they're offering 165 to 190 to the next city manager to come in and run their community. That's not really that sexy. That's not really that exciting. There are a ton of communities out there with fewer than 10,000 people 
that are paying 130 to 150. Uh, the market's changed. I mean, when you factor in the risk associated with the job, I mean, 190 is not a hell of a lot of money to run an organization that has a hundred million dollar budget, right? When you get paid 190 and it's going to cost you $25,000 at a minimum just to sell your house, right? Just to sell your house is going to cost you $25,000 to jump to this uh, new community. You factor in all the other costs related to uh, relocation. And yeah, there's some housing stipends or moving stipends that uh, will offset some of it. But those moving stipends very, very rarely ever compensate you for the total losses that you incur when you relocate, right? Never mind the 7% interest rates and raising the cost of living and, and whatnot, right? You got, oh, let's say you want to offer 190. Well, if I'm making 165 right now someplace else, do I really want to jump for 190 and get a $25,000 bump? I mean, after year one, I've barely broken even. I haven't even broken even technically in my opinion, but let's just say you've broken even after you factor the housing costs, right? So what's the, what's the, what's the benefit there? And what kind of city manager are you looking to attract when you're offering 165 to 190 in this market. And Hutchinson has a residency requirement. You guys know how I feel about residency requirements. I think they're dumb, they're archaic, they're totally unfair. They're a power imbalance between the governing body and the uh, city manager. And there's no need for it. You know, there's always this, uh, this whole bullshit argument about how, well, you know, if you live in your community, you're more invested and you know what's going on. That's what the governing bodies are for. That's why they live in the community. That's who they're elected by the people who live there. It's the governing body's job to ensure that the people are being reflected in how they pass policies and ordinances and what have you. It's not the city manager's job to have to live in the city to be a so-called better manager. I think that's just such hogwash, right? You got the city of Hutchinson, which is right next to Wichita. It's about 40 minutes outside of West Wichita which is a beautiful city. It's got great amenities, a great place to raise a family. It's got great access to a, a very solid airport. I can, I lived in West Wichita and it takes me 15 minutes to get down to the airport and literally 15 minutes to get through to the security checkpoint. I mean, I can, it's, it's so easy. And you, and, uh, and you got the fastest growing city in Kansas, which is in West, just West of Wichita called Mays. They got great new housing stock. Hutchinson has old housing stock. It's stagnant. It's been stagnant for the last couple of decades. The housing stock is old. It's aging. They don't really have really good, high-quality executive housing stock, in my opinion. And then, man, this is 2023. A lot of city managers, guess what? They're competent, educated professionals. And guess what? They're married to competent, educated professionals. And guess what? Their spouses, they want to have access to high-quality jobs, too. So why are you going to deny yourself the ability to have uh, city managers, the opportunity of living in Wichita, where their spouse can also work in Wichita, and they can commute in to town? It's literally a 40-minute commute on cruise control up to 96. It makes no sense to limit your applicant pool by having this unnecessary restriction of having to live in your community. Uh, I'm going to stop beating that drum on the residence requirement, but it's just, it's just ridiculous, you know? But it does lead into another aspect. They want an ICMA CM manager, right? They want a credentialed manager through the ICMA. And here's the thing. The ICMA has a code of ethics that requires city managers to stay with each community for a minimum of two years. And this dovetails into a dirty little secret about Baker Tilly that really has nothing to do with the recruitment or the applicant pool because it, no one knows about it except really me uh, and, and, and some other people who have shared this information with me. But... Hutchinson only gives one-year contracts. They only believe in one-year contracts. So they have one-year contracts 
with no notification period about, about when they're going to not renew it. And they give you a six month severance. So Jeff Cantrell, for example, was on a one year contract. He got renewed for a second year and then he didn't find out they weren't renewing his contract until two weeks before his contract was uh, set to end and uh, was out of a job. He has six months severance package, which is woefully inadequate, in my opinion, for a community that wants you to have a residency within their city limits, right? You have this issue where they have a one-year contract uh, limitation because they don't believe in multi-year contracts or supposedly binding the, the, uh, the future council or governing bodies with a multiple-year contract, which is absolute horseshit, right? Because they sign multiple-year contracts all the time for private sector vendors, okay? And then so you can't do a multi-year contract with a city manager, but you want them to have an ICMA-CM credential, which comes with a two-year code of ethics stipulation, and you're only willing to invest a year, uh, one-year commitment into your city manager. It makes no sense. It's not fair. And shame on Baker Tilly for not sharing this information with the candidates. You know, once again, Baker Tilly does not care about you, the city manager candidate. All they care about is getting paid and on to the next recruitment. All you are is a check. That's all you are. They don't care about you one bit. All you are dollar signs. They do not give a damn about giving you any additional information about the community, about the governing body's attitude towards contracts, anything like that. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to be a recruiter and say, hey, you know, I'm doing this recruitment for you guys. Can you give me the last couple of contracts that you gave your previous city managers and then, I don't know, maybe actually earn your living, maybe actually spend some time reading the contracts and, and see if you notice anything odd about the contracts or anything that stands out. And then maybe go back to the governing body and say, hey, what's going on with this contract? And why is it that the last couple of city managers only had one year deals? What's the deal there? And then maybe get information where the governing body says, yeah, we only believe in one year contracts. And then maybe you as a Art Davis and the Baker Tilly recruiter could say, you know what, that's gonna be problematic. Do you realize that that's out of step with the norm? Do you realize that that's not really going to be conducive to uh, starting off a good relationship with your future city manager? That you know maybe we don't want to do a uh, uh, you know uh, an ambush or blindside them uh, when we make an offer and say, hey, we're going to offer you one hundred ninety thousand dollars to come to our community, but oh by the way, it's a one year deal. I mean, what do they do? What kind of customer service are we providing? What kind of due diligence are these recruiters doing on behalf of the candidates? They don't care. How many, how many city managers uh, are actually getting good information from these recruiters? Definitely not from Baker Tilly. I would love to hear about your good experiences with other recruiters. These recruitment firms, these recruiters, the governing bodies, members of the council, mayors, they need to do a much better job of putting themselves in the shoes of a city manager and try to figure out what makes a city manager tick and why are they going to come to your organization? Why would a city manager who's making $200,000 in a comparable sized city to Hutchinson want to relocate and take a financial hit for the same compensation, 190 or whatnot. It doesn't make any sense, right? If somebody is trying to uh, move up in their career and they're making 160, 165 right now, why they want to jump to Hutchinson and earn 190? If you, if you think about this for a second, right? If a Hutchinson goes bad, the last two city managers in Hutchinson have lasted two years or less. So if you Got to sell your house and pay 25 grand to move there. And then when you move there to because you got your residency requirement and then you got to sell your house again to move to another job, that's another 25 grand. So think about that for a second. If you're making 165 ish, right, and you get 190 to go to Hutchinson and you last two years, 
you lost money really because I'm just you're, I mean just basically just that's just the house cost of selling your house. And there are a whole bunch of other risks and costs associated with moving to a new new position, right? If you want to have a city manager come from out of state, they have pension risks, right? So now in order for them to vest in the new state, they got to be there for a minimum of five years or eight years or 10 years, depending on whatever the state is. You know, in Kansas, it's five years. So what is the inducement to leave a current system where you have a pension and you're vested to go to out of state and basically make the same money or you have to be there for over two years before you even start getting a profit on the on the transition? I mean, come on, man. I mean, people need to start waking up. I mean, every city thinks they're so pretty out there. I mean, every city thinks that they're somehow just, they, they throw up a, a six-figure salary and the world's going to beat down the door to be their city manager. Not in this environment, not in this day and age when the job has turned to crap in so many places with all the social media sewer, all the criticism, the scrutiny, so forth and so on, the, the, the volatility. And getting back to the recruiters, when are they going to start stepping up? And I don't want to blame every recruiter, but when, is, when are these recruiters going to step up and start really putting themselves in the shoes of a city manager? And the irony is the absolute mind-numbing, jaw-dropping, incredible fact is that most of these recruiters in the public sector were former city managers themselves. And it's like they become these recruiters and they don't give a shit about the city managers anymore. They've retired, they're collecting their pension, and now they're getting their little consulting money. Who cares? Who cares about the city managers that they're working with? There's no effort to put themselves in the shoes of the city manager candidate and have show any respect for their plight, for their situation, for their concerns, for their needs. I mean, you can't even get people like Baker Tilly to do basic due diligence and research on the position and give the candidate information so that they can actually make an educated decision, right? Because at the end of the day, all Baker Tilly wants to do is get a city manager in there and who lasts a year. That's all they really care about. They don't care about finding the right manager or the right fit. And the reality is, is that the governing bodies, the recruiters, and the city managers need to start looking at these positions as long-term marriages, last call 2 a.m. hookups, right? These are long-term marriages. And right now, I honestly do not think the recruiters' interests are aligned with the city manager's interests or aligned with the governing body's interests. It's a short-term transactional deal, and hopefully uh, Baker Tilly and other recruiters that have this mindset will start paying the price and start feeling the consequence of providing poor service to not only to their governing bodies, but to these manager candidates. And that'll do it for this episode of the City Manager Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Joe Turner. If you like what you're hearing, if you like this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and follow. Please share with your friends. Uh, please uh, spread the word. And... Uh, Catch you next time. Thank you.